Hello, HR professionals. Good news. This episode of the Cool Leaf podcast is valid for 0.5 professional development credits towards SHRM CP, SHRM SCP, and HRCI recertification. Stay tuned to access your certification code. I think culture is not, it's not a static thing, it's a living thing. So I, I like to think about it like a garden. I can decide and be purposeful about what are the elements I want in it, what are the types of things we wanna grow, but I can't necessarily control how that's gonna manifest itself. But then we have to tend to it. We gotta constantly kind of look at it and let it take on a life of its own. It's more of an output of the values we have, the people that we have, the event and context that we're in, and how those things all marry together. They're gonna to create something really amazing and special that I can't predict necessarily, but we can constantly help evolve it. Welcome to The Great Retention, a show spotlighting executive leaders who have built award-winning cultures where people feel empowered, seen, and recognized. In today's episode, John Duesberg sits down with Mike Gustafson, president at Search Discovery, the organization enabling clients to use data with purpose, resulting in clear and measurable improvements to revenue, operating costs, and customer experience. Search Discovery helps their colleagues, customers, partners, and the industry find what they need, all while teaching, encouraging, and enabling them to find something they didn't know they needed. Mike and John talk about the challenges of maintaining a people-first culture in a growing company, helping people feel connected in a remote workforce, and how cultivating culture is like a garden. Let's jump into the conversation with Mike Gustafson. Over to you, John. Mike, thank you so much for uh, joining us on The Great Retention today. I'm so excited to be here at Search Discovery's headquarters here in Atlanta and in the distillery room. So thank you for, for joining us today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Awesome. So uh, for our audience, let's start with kind of give us the flyover of Search Discovery. You know, tell us, talk to us about the industry, the business, you know, employees, locations, just give us kind of the overview to, to start. Yeah. Absolutely. Search Discovery is a data and analytics company. We provide services and technology that help companies use data with a purpose, which is ultimately to drive measurable business impact. So we've been around for 18 years. Um, we're now right over 240 people. We have offices here in Atlanta and Cleveland and in 23 states and three countries. So wow. we're a pretty distributed workforce. Okay. Um, our mission really is around helping companies use data purposefully, but our purpose we talk about is we really exist to help people thrive, to help our customers thrive. So it's a very people-centric purpose that really pervades and is pervasive through everything that we do as a company. I like it. So, so taking a subject of data and going into analytics with data and drawing it back to a people-centric purpose and business. Yeah. Most, I mean, the purpose is we're here to create a place where people can do incredible things, figure out what they're great at, yeah. really learn how to grow and develop. And we just happen to be doing that in the data and analytics space. And that's evolved over the years. We started really just on the digital marketing side. We've shifted, we've evolved. So we always talk with our team about our purpose does not change or is very slow to change. What we're doing, how we're doing that, the different things we're tackling, even the way we'll go about doing those will change pretty regularly and over time. Yeah. And in the last 
nine years that I've been here, um, it's changed pretty dramatically. We were 14 people and now we're 240. How we do that, what we're doing has evolved quite a bit, but it's all been rooted in that purpose of helping people thrive and then living out our core values as we go about that mission and you know those activities together. I love it. I love it. So so let's let's dive into that a little bit more, kind of the the broader context of the culture for for you as a leader, but also search discovery as a whole. And I know that um, recently uh, went through an acquisition or completed an acquisition, right? right? And so I, I have to imagine that that can be a challenge when it comes to culture and and getting people to um, you know really buy in and understand what the purpose is. What are what do these values mean to me in my role? So maybe give us a little bit of an overview on what does culture mean to you as a leader, but also yeah. search discovery as a whole. I think culture is not, it's not a static thing. It's a living thing. So I, I like to think about it like a garden. I can decide and be purposeful about what are the elements I want in it? What are the types of things we want to grow? But I can't necessarily control how that's going to manifest itself, right? There's environmental conditions. Different people will do a good job living those things out or not. So I have to have a purpose for what I'm looking for, a kind of a, a vision, an idea of what's important for what we're trying to do and what we want to live up to. So I have choices. I have things I can do and we can do, but then we have to tend to it. We got to constantly kind of look at it and let it take on a life of its own. It's more of an output of the values we have, the people that we have, the event and context that we're in and how those things all marry together. They're going to create something really amazing and special that I can't predict necessarily, but we can constantly help evolve it. But when we were small, it felt one way. Now we're bigger, it feels different, but it's better because we're letting it be shaped and evolved by people's personality, their creativity. It's not something that I'm saying, like, here's what it has to be, right? right? It's these elements it has to remain true to our purpose. It has to serve our purpose. It has to be aligned to our core values, but the values aren't the culture. The culture is the manifestation of how people live that out through their personalities, in the unique situations, in a certain place, in a certain time. And so I really like the idea of a garden. It's something that we tend to and we're focusing on. And then we're trying to constantly create more space for more people to grow and for that to evolve and take the shape and be influenced by all the incredible people that we bring along on the journey with us. I love the garden analogy. <laughs> I have to say, that's the first time I've heard it. Um, but the idea of saying, you know, hey, I can maybe plan plan some of the things that are going to go into the garden. I can help cultivate, tend to it, but I can't. I don't know exactly which way things are going to grow, and yeah. and, and you have to make space for that, right? right? And for the people who are coming into the garden. So that's a that's a that's a really good analogy. I like and it, it is the challenge of as we've grown, and even now as we're integrating, we integrated a company um, at the beginning of the year, and then we're now in the process of integrating this new acquisition. Wow. That really helps, right? Because the mindset we want the team to have is like, this is not a fixed thing. This isn't, there are things that will last a long time, traditions and rituals, and those are really important to have, but you got to learn to let go of some of those things, add new ones, let each group of people that comes in kind of connect to it and weave those things together over time. And so it's a hard lesson that I've learned personally over time in different environments of mm -hmm. like, if I try to control it too much. It, it ends up failing ultimately, right? Like, because the life of it comes from the people and they're embodying it and then letting them run with it, not trying to overly control yeah. it. And so it's, it has to be this thing that grows and evolves with us as we grow and evolve again, but you can still tend to it and you can still make sure it's serving the purpose, right? right? It still has to be about serving our people, creating the right environment and be aligned to these principles and these core values that we've committed to. 
I really, I really like the analogy. So um, that is solid gold right there. So, so I'm going to kind of pivot to a subject um, that can be challenging, um, but I think it's something that, you know, I know as a leader for me, I've, I've experienced this right with, with our team and, um, and, and maybe even going back to the, you know, the, the garden analogy, there's going to be times when, you know, unforeseen storms come in and, below the garden that you had planned down. And, and so we are in this environment where it feels like every month there's some new political issue, social issue, and our, you know, our employees are experiencing this, right? And so, you know, and, and people, there's, a, a, you know, a lot of passion, people on both sides of this, right? And, and, you know, especially when you grow, you know, you can have a very you know, very mixed opinions, diverse, you know, diverse groups. So I wanted to kind of get your perspective on this. How, as you've grown, what have you learned? How, what are some of the maybe best practices or insights that you've found um, to be, to be helpful, <laughs> effective? I don't know if I can go to best practices, yeah. but I can certainly share kind of how we've navigated. It's been very challenging. We've spent a lot of time kind of wrestling over it, debating it as a leadership team, and even having really honest conversations with our team. Yeah, A lot of people would love for us to take a position, um, make statements. And for us, where we've really landed, as we've thought about what's the best way for us to react, we've come back to what's our purpose, what are our core values, how will our response best live up to those things and serve our team? And so we've decided because of our unique combination of purpose and our team makeup um, and our values, that taking a public position is not valuable to our team. They would like that, but at the end of the day, we feel like it would be more divisive mm. to take positions, even on more issues that it's easy to think everybody would be aligned with, whatever that might look like. Our goal has been, how do we make sure we can support people as they navigate that, how, whatever that response might be, whether whatever the issue or topic it is, we've really focused on how do I create a safe space for people to work through that impact? So it's first just recognizing these things outside of people's work life make a difference about sure. their ability to come to work and be engaged and focused. And so giving them time to process it, whether that's more time off or whether it's just an acknowledgement of like, hey, today, like it's okay. So just letting people know it's okay for them to struggle with it. Okay. Creating places for people to talk about it if they want to in a, in a productive way, not in a way that's like, let's have debates, but to just be able to acknowledge like, Hey, I'm having a hard time, anybody else, and then let the team support one another. And so we have a Slack channel where that, again, this isn't something we did. It's something our team asked for. They created, they created this Slack channel called community support that whenever something's going on, if people want to go in there and they need support or just want to let people know about things. And it's been a really great place for people to just go and get support if they need that from their team members and to feel that safety. And yeah. so for us, it's it's been a challenge. We still wrestle with it, but we've decided because of who we are as a company and what our focus is, it's more about supporting, enabling our team to process and work through those things and making sure they feel okay with that and know that we're here to help them thrive in that. And that means sometimes giving you a break or acknowledging your stress or difficulties and not necessarily to say like, here's our point of view, here's our thing. Other companies, it makes a ton of sense for them to do because of whatever their purpose is or their particular mm -hmm. values or the reason they set up the company. And that's totally fine. But for us, we've kind of landed on, our approach has to be rooted in those things. 
And it's led to, you know, challenging conversations. Not everybody loves that. Some people yeah. wish we would do something different, but we feel on the whole, this is the way that we can best serve our team, you know, and, and help them navigate what is a constant stream of really difficult and challenging sure. situations. Yeah. For people. And, and it's not ending, right? It's, no, it's going to continue. Gonna go away. That's right. I like what you, um, I guess, going back to the garden. So your, your employees said that, hey, they wanted to create a Slack channel. Um, for community support, I yep. think you mentioned, um, it wasn't your like demanding that yeah. we need to, it was, that was more of an organic, exactly. People wanted to do this, but you also are, you know, thinking back to your purpose, back to your values. Right. So it seems like that's the constant, that's right. right? No matter what the, the, the social right. unrest it's, is even internally, we try to filter all of our decisions. How do we do this policy? How should this process work? How are we going to engage this client thing? So at the end of the day, it's just, it's another thing for us as a team of people to engage. Yeah. We should engage it in the same way we have approached everything else. Yeah. How do we best support our purpose and how do we best live out behaving in the way that we've all committed to behaving according to our core values? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's something that I know for me, you know, so I think of as a leader in a challenging time, that's an opportunity to, to, to step up, right? As a leader. Um, I also want that garden to organically grow too and make space for that. Um, you know, one of the things for me personally that, that has been an impact, it's actually goes back to um, uh, the book of Romans in the Bible. Um, and, and Paul says, you know, I want to mourn with people that are mourning and I want to have joy with people who are taking joy. And you can still love people absolutely in both of those areas. Even if right? you don't have the same viewpoint on that topic right. or feel right. the same way, right? It, it really is acknowledging people as people yeah. and the challenges they're having and making it more about how do I help you through this than how do we argue about more stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's challenging because some people I think can see it as like a, an easy way out, but I don't really see it that way. I, I still see our team and our leadership team trying to pay attention carefully to how it's impacting people. And so we'll still reach out to people. Yep. We'll monitor that. We teach our team to really look out for people and offer them the flexibility. So it's not a passive, like, we're just not going to say anything approach. Yep. It is a active, how do we look for ways to support people? It doesn't mean we get them all. It doesn't mean we find all of it, but we're trying to learn every time of how do we at least give people that opportunity, help people understand we're here to help them and not add to their stress, right? Yep. But help to alleviate it, help to give some respite to that. I appreciate you being willing to share a little bit about your yeah, experience. Yeah, it's, it's a challenging. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And I don't think we're through it, right? So we'll constantly, yeah. like the garden, reevaluate <laughs> it, understand right. it, um, respond to what the needs of the, the team are. Okay, so we, we you know, let's, Let's keep with this garden analogy, okay? <laughs> so now all of a sudden, you know, people aren't in the same garden. We got people distributed everywhere, okay? Yeah. So now all of a sudden you got garden, you know? So, so how does your culture, for that person that you've hired and they've never met anyone, well, what do your values mean to them, yeah. right? What is the, the that specialness about the purpose of search discovery? What is, how do you make those people feel connected? How do you make sure that that doesn't impact your culture? So what have you yeah. experienced related to distributed we teams? Were, we were really fortunate. From the beginning, we had a remote distributed team way before COVID. So okay. even going into COVID, we already had probably more people remote than in the office. 
And then we had gone through a process where we had a second office. And so as soon as you have two offices, you have the same fundamental challenge. You have two disconnected groups of people. It's true. Yeah. Right. So, but it's, so it's the same challenge. Now I have two disconnected groups. It's actually a little more challenge because now I have even two different kind of levels of growth and kind of different gardens going in different ways. Right. And part of that's really important because it, there is something special about places that impact culture, but you have to unify those ideas. And then you multiply that dramatically when you add people in all these different states, right. some that have people near them, some that don't, some that have different needs. And so from a how we communicated, our level of intentionality of engaging remote people and some of our processes, we already had some of that in place. So that initial everybody go home and work from home was not a huge disruption to how we function. As it went longer, that context changed. Now you're not just working from home, but you're working from home and there's other people there with you and there's kids running around right. or you're totally isolated and you have nobody around you. Yeah. And so the needs really changed and we had to really think about how to be more purposeful. The reality is I, because I think our team did such a good job establishing these core values, instilling them early on before it, that really was the difference maker for us our team figured out all sorts of ways to support one another. We came up with some ideas uh, and we did some things kind of company-wide, which I'll talk about. But okay. the reality was in the first couple months, it was really our team just being really creative of wanting to support one another, right? It was, we already were doing some of those things in terms of how we onboarded remote people and those things. But people were like, oh, this person's not gonna get the first week in the office, which is something we had typically done for remote people. So they found ways to just kind of simulate that as best they can. How do we make sure they meet all sorts of people? How do we do something fun with them, even though it's remote? How do we send them something to their house to make sure they know how excited we are that they're part of here? So the most amazing thing to me was I didn't necessarily have a great answer right away, but we saw our leaders and just our, everybody in the company just start doing amazing things. And so our first response was, well, let's just encourage more of that. Let's invest okay. in those things. Let's give people resources and encourage that. But then at a company level, we had to do certain things, both because we had challenges as a business. So we just increased our frequency of communication. We started Friday Q&A sessions every Friday, whether we had a topic or not, we just answer questions. We've always been really transparent. And those became kind of these fun kind of team times where sometimes we deal with really difficult issues of, hey, how's the business doing? Sometimes we started a little tradition of people just sharing talents or having their kids get on the Zoom and like play an okay. instrument or sing a song. And this is all employees. This is all the whole okay, team. So every Friday, whole team everybody's okay. together. So we did things where we encouraged kind of the smaller teams in our different departments to support one another. We did some of these things where we could all get together. We gave people lots of flexibility in their work schedules. We embraced instead of just kind of tolerating like having kids on calls and people yeah. dealing with school stuff and, and just made that part of, you know, part we of are. The, who we are, <laughs> yeah. um, which is really, I mean, it was really fun. I actually love that. That's actually the, for me, the greatest challenge is we don't, because we're so distributed, you don't really get to understand people's families or experience that. And that's such right. a big part of knowing who they are and how can we help them in a work environment so they can go be the best for their family. So um, we really try to do a lot of those things. We, we historically got everybody together because we do believe it's so important to have everybody in person and have these shared experiences. Obviously couldn't do that. So we did this remote site. So we kind of simulated, we had all these activities. We try to engage people's families. So we try to simulate what a normal week together would look like, hmm. but we really just, we did it all virtually, which was kind of, you know, it got a little bit old, but we tried to make it fun. We had 
we built one of my favorite things we did. We had partnered with this company and they gave us a bunch of great ideas, but we built a Rube Goldberg machine that spanned every person in the company. So everybody filmed a little segment and then we wove it all together. That's cool. And it was just a beautiful picture of like, even though we're separate, we're still working together to build this incredible thing. So that was yeah. kind of, you know, we did things like that. We spent a lot of time talking about um, things like um, the second year of that kind of following through. We, we did it again, but we broke it up and did it over the whole summer. And we really focused on things like grit. How do we get through and develop resilience? Mm. Uh, and then growth. How do we have a growth mindset? So like, what can we learn from this? So a lot of it was just being trying to be responsive to how people were feeling, mix it up, try a bunch of stuff. Some stuff didn't work. We didn't try to make everything mandatory for people and just allow people to be flexible. And again, back to the purpose and values, when you focus so much on just encouraging that and being really adamant that this is how we function, the result was we didn't have to do too many really big things or change anything. Our team just did it. They supported each other. They cared for one another. They encouraged everybody because that's what manifests out of our yeah. core values. And I think that that speaks to the fact that your team felt empowered to do that, yeah. right? And safe to do that. And we laid the groundwork early. I know and listened to some of the previous ones. I think Carl talked about this, like how important it is to lay that groundwork. And we saw that manifest in things we did years ago and being focused on that, we're seeing the benefits, honestly, yeah. for our team because yeah. people understand that's part of who we are. Even to that, as we've hired people, I don't think as much as I am a big believer and we have, we're having people back to the office now and all that kind of stuff, people can understand who you are, even if you're not together. Like we, I mean, we're interviewing people all the time and they just get a sense. The number one piece of feedback I get when I talk to people after they start is they knew they wanted to work here because of the people they met during the process. And it really just comes that's, across. That's cool. It's, yeah, it's like, like the that. proudest thing you can. Yeah. I mean, for me, yeah. that's the thing I'm yeah. like, this is the most amazing feedback I could get. That it's the people that make you want to be here. Our work's great. Our clients are amazing. Like, we're really proud of all of that. But at the end of the day, it's people because they treat all of those potential candidates and all of our new team members in a way that reflects our core values. And that's that more than anything, behaving that way consistently to people let us kind of navigate really challenging times of being separate. It wasn't easy. It wasn't yeah. the events. It was just how people manifested and lived right. out those core values. That's actually what let us navigate that as successfully as we could in the end. I love it. Um, so on the people topic, um, <laughs> one of the big buzzwords, at least for the, the past, we'll call six months, I know, you know, economy, there's uncertainty and changing and so forth, but it's the whole buzzword around the great resignation. Right. So people unhappy for whatever reason, leaving their job, maybe they go somewhere and the grass isn't always greener yeah. either. But, um, you know, that, you know, but that, that's been a challenge for a lot of leaders. So I'm just curious, you know, what has you experienced when it comes to the great resignation search discovery as a whole? Are there things that are there any lessons learned and things maybe that you've done to be proactive when it comes to retention? you know, with um, just trying to reduce any any impact um, yeah. from that? Um, thankfully, we certainly have been impacted, but not in the sense of that we've had massive attrition. Um, our actual attrition is less than it was pre-COVID days, wow. which we're okay. really happy about. Um, we're having our challenge. We definitely have had people leave because of things that have occurred with the shift to more remote working, particularly in the technical space. 
compensation is a huge challenge. And so we definitely have had people who've just had these incredible opportunities from a compensation yeah. standpoint, because, you know, maybe they were in Cleveland and they're getting San Francisco based kind of salaries. And so that, that has been probably the biggest challenge is thinking about how to handle compensation in this new world where you're not constrained as much and the frameworks don't work the way that they used to. Yeah. Um, but our approach has always been for anybody when they leave um, to just learn from it. First, we celebrate it because our hope is just to be part of helping people grow and be better. And if they leave because they found a better opportunity that helps them do something they'd always hoped to do and we couldn't provide that, for me, that's a win. Like, let's celebrate that. Let's honor their contributions. On a personal level, done. right? Let's, yeah. If the purpose is to help people thrive, we've helped you in some small part get to this next step of your career. Why that's bad for us and challenging for yeah. us and we're sad about it. We don't want those people to leave. We really focus on like, let's honor them for what they did, how they helped us get here and let's celebrate and, and encourage and support them and where they're going. Cause that's a fulfillment of our core purpose as a company. Yeah. Now, that being said, we are really always challenging our leaders to make sure we have clear paths for people. Like how do we help make sure we're giving them those opportunities Right. We want to grow as a business because that lets me continue to create opportunities for people as they grow. And so we've really pushed on that. So we had we have had people leave as part of that because largely around money, some because as we're growing, we've missed being effective at like seeing what people really needed and responding to that need or reshaping their role and making them feel connected. So as you grow, that gets hard. Right. When yeah. it's. When it was three or four of us making all those decisions, it was really easy. Now, you know, we've delegated it down. We have a lot more teams. I have new leaders who are leading and managing people for the first time and they're making mistakes. So we're giving them space to do that and learn yeah. those lessons. And so that's hard. That's challenging. But very, we're very fortunate that we haven't had this mass kind of exodus, largely because we've worked hard to make sure there is clarity for people. And we might not always pay the most or have all the opportunities, but... We do work really hard to make sure you feel a sense of belonging. You know, somebody cares about you. You know, somebody's working with you. And if we can't figure it out, we're going to help you go find something else. And so on the whole, I think that has helped us not have this max, mass exodus. We've had lots of hard conversations. We've learned lots. We've seen yeah. where we were missing the boat. We, we, we definitely pushed our team hard to be really proactive of, do we have clarity for every person? Do we know where they're at? Do we know if they feel engaged and supported and all that sort of stuff? Mm. What we haven't done is just give people whatever they ask for. And I think that is the mistake I see people making. And even our younger leaders are like, people come to them and ask for things, say, I need this or I'm going to leave. And their desire, because they're afraid to have people leave, is to just want to give them everything. But that's not really in our, in my estimate, the best approach because people don't always know what they need or they hear one thing. And so it's really about how do we dig deeper and understand that and see if we can kind of come at it from different angles. And if we can't, that's okay. Let's not yeah. veer away from who we are, what we're doing or do unnatural things just to keep people. Yeah. Um, and that's, again, you take some hits and then you learn from that and then you recalibrate. So we get better at it and we don't have we're able to retain more people over time. And so that's been kind of our approach all along. And now the challenge for us is just doing that at scale. That's it's a lot harder yeah. teaching more people how to do that. But so far on the whole, we've been very fortunate. Um, so you said some really good stuff there. I'm going to try to pick out a few things. Yeah. Um, one I thought was really the interesting way you said this was, do we have clarity for every person? 
And and so when I when I hear you say that, I'm hearing you say, you know, do we is there a path? Is there a a growth opportunity? Um, do we understand the why behind that person? Right. And and basically, it means having you know conversations and getting to you know to have that relationship and understand and and listen. Right. And so I like that that clarity. Uh, for for our, our people, I was uh, speaking with a leader um, recently. So you said celebrate when when someone leaves, which can sound a little counterintuitive, <laughs> right? But this um, leader said we, they consider when someone leaves, they consider them alumni. Yep. So they're still part of the, the crew, part Absolutely. of the family. We want them to be successful, and and the, but they're still welcome to you know be part of this family kind of thing. And so we think about it the same way in terms of we don't necessarily have that kind of alumni network officially. Right. But that is the mindset of like, even for whatever reason they left, even if we managed them out because they were a poor performer for some period of time, it wasn't so, it was more just like, this is not the right environment. So it's just this acknowledgement. You're a person, you were here. If you were part of helping us grow and build the team in any way, like you're part of this. And if we can support you, we're going to find ways to do that. Yep. Makes sense. So um, Mike, thank you again for being willing just to Share about your experience, right? And that's one of the things that you know that we try to do at the Great Retention is to to have leaders share about their personal experience, you know, navigating these different subjects, right? So thank you for being willing to to do that uh, today. So as we wrap up, maybe you know any final kind of um, practical pieces of advice that you know other leaders can take, potentially apply to their teams or organization. Anything that comes to mind that you can share as we wrap up here. It's like a, it's a tall order, but <laughs> I would say, particularly now, it's don't overreact. If you're losing people, don't do unnatural things. Like just take a step back, reflect on it. You can't build those cultures overnight, and you're definitely not going to get there. You're just going to make the problem worse if you try to just react to all the things that are happening around you. Mm. So that's the one thing I would encourage people and have encouraged other leaders is like, if you're struggling with it, you just got to pause understand why, what groundwork hadn't you built, what behaviors are not manifesting the way you'd hope them, have you veered away from, do you not have clarity about your purpose or your core values, and make sure you have those building blocks in place, and then make sure they're connecting in the right way, but it's not something you can do quickly, and I just, you know, people are impatient, and we're fearful in these times and challenges, and so that's my encouragement is don't give into the fear, like, Focus on the long term, take the step back. How do you learn from what was happening and and do the the diligent, boring, day in, day out, proactive effort to tend that garden so it can grow in the future versus let me just put some new plants in here and make it look good because that's not really going to get you there. Just back bring to the it garden. circle to the garden. Circle. I love it. Thank you again, Mike. This is yeah, great. Really no, appreciate you. you joining. I love what you guys are doing, and I've really benefited from listening to the to the other people as well. So thank you. That's awesome. That wraps up another edition of The Great Retention. Thank you for joining us and being a leader who genuinely cares about recognizing and empowering the everyday hero and the team members around you. We are proud to support your leadership journey and grateful for your support of this podcast. If you haven't already, please rate the show on Apple Podcasts and share it with a friend. This helps us get this content in front of more aspiring people-first business leaders. If you'd like more perspectives on how to create exceptional cultures around award-winning talent, go to coolleaf.com and sign up for our newsletter to get them straight into your inbox two times per month. This podcast wouldn't be possible without the help from our production team at Chat With Leaders Media. 
Learn how you can launch your own podcast to grow your business at chatwithleaders.com. Thanks again for listening. Now go be people first leaders by celebrating and connecting your people today. HR professionals, thanks for listening. As promised, this episode of the Cool Leaf podcast is valid for 0.5 professional development credits towards SHRM CP, SHRM SCP, and HRCI recertification. To claim your SHRM credit, please visit www.coolleaf.com slash podcast slash SHRM. To claim your HRCI credit, please visit www.coolleaf.com slash podcast slash HRCI. Complete the three-question form to receive your certification code. That's coolleaf.com slash podcast slash SHRM and coolleaf.com slash podcast slash HRCI.